The accounting profession is transforming right before our eyes. This is the Issues Watch podcast. Hi, I'm Don Meyer, Chief Marketing Officer at the New Jersey Society of CPAs, and welcome to the Issues Watch podcast. Before we get started with today's topic, I'd like to acknowledge a special milestone for the podcast. This is our 200th episode. Little did we know when we started this in 2018 that it would grow to include such a wide variety of topics and guests. We thank you all for watching, listening, and subscribing. Now on to today's topic. Mergers and acquisitions are nothing new to the accounting profession, but 2021 brought a fresh face to the negotiating table, private equity or PE firms. First, Towerbrook Capital Partners purchased an ownership interest in Eisner Amper. One month later, Lightyear Capital bought into Shellman and Company. And one month after that, New Mountain Capital invested in Citroen Cooperman. The profession was being transformed right before our eyes, causing CPAs to rethink the very model of firm ownership, success, partnership, and hierarchy. Here with me to discuss how private equity is impacting the profession is Phil Whitman, an NJCPA member and president and CEO of Whitman Transition Advisors, a longtime NJCPA partner. Welcome, Phil. Thanks so much, Don. It's great to be here with you. Okay, we, we appreciate the time. So let's start with a brief overview of what it means when an accounting firm receives a private equity investment. Sure, absolutely. As you and many folks might know, this isn't the first time that there's been an attempt by strategics to invest in the public accounting marketplace. So pretty much when a CPA firm takes an investment by a private equity group or, and I'm going to preface this or, because what we have been seeing is not just private equity, but we've been seeing family offices, publicly traded companies, wealth management funds. We've been seeing, in addition to that, uh, bank holding companies and pension funds, all that have found public accounting a very attractive uh, investment vehicle. And so when investment is made into a public accounting firm, obviously one of the biggest questions people use, usually ask me is, well, how could a non-CPA like that own a CPA firm? And obviously, if a firm is doing um, audit or a test work, they would need to become an alternate practice structure. Now, obviously, if folks aren't very familiar with that, that's where sort of like the CBIS model, where you have MHM as the uh, uh, Mayor Hoffman McCann as the audit uh, and a test function firm. And then you have CBIS that's handling the tax and all the other advisory. Now they're a publicly traded company, but with private equity, um, every one of these investments that are made, there typically is <clears throat> a bifurcation of the audit and a test services via the alternate practice structure. So what happens? So all of a sudden, and private equity and other strategics, there are 
predominantly, um, most of them are coming in and making an uh, investment for a majority of the equity in the firm. Um, in most cases, we see 60%, in some 70 even as high as 80%. Now, obviously, the CPA firm gets a boatload of cash up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and that cash is distributed to the partner group. And this is what we call taking some chips off the table. And we recently had a transaction um, and a $20 million firm uh, will receive $20 million as their initial, you'll hear people talking about bites in the apple. Mm -hmm. So their initial bite in the apple will be 20 million, which is one times their gross revenue. Wow. And they're still going to own 40% of their firm. And the bet is that that 40%, five or more years later, will be worth a lot more than the initial 60% that they sold. So, you know, there is that cash component. And in most transactions, there's something called rollover equity. And that's where, you know, these private equity groups want to see the firms that they're investing in, investing in themselves alongside them. So, and that rollover equity is in many cases in the private equity transactions, what is ultimately going to lead to the second bite at the apple. So hopefully I've, Given you a, enough flavor. Now, what does that mean? Uh, that means that these CPA firms have a new partner. And I think partner is a very, very important word because that's exactly what they're doing. They're partnering with these firms. Think about it. Does private equity know how to run a CPA firm? Absolutely not. Is there, is there a floor? Is there a floor, you know, under which uh, a PE firm wouldn't want to go because there's just not enough opportunity below a certain revenue level? So here's what I would tell you. There are many different models that we're seeing um, from these PE groups. If you look at, you know, the, the, the larger firm model, if you're a $5 million firm and you're doing a transaction with Eisner Amper or Citroen Cooperman, you become Eisner Amper or Citroen Cooperman. We're working with a group where, you know what? Even at five or six million in revenue, if you don't want to roll into the $20 million firm and you want to be a standalone firm, there is absolutely an opportunity for you to be a foundational firm. Now, I will tell you, we're working with a $1.2 million firm in North Carolina, okay? They met with one of our strategics. Now, why did our strategic take that meeting with them? Because they were talking to a $7 million firm in the same geography. Now, if they do the deal with the $7 million firm, that $1.2 million firm will also have a deal because they're just gonna tuck that firm right into that $7 million firm. So what I will say is, there are folks that we're talking to that are doing 500,000 a year, a million a year, 
and there are opportunities for them to be tucked in. Now, if they have a specialty service, I mean, we're talking to someone that, you know, like those big firms, Shellman and A-Line, all they're doing is SOC 1, SOC 2, and cybersecurity, and they might be a million dollars. Our strategics want to talk to them because that's different, and they want to help them scale from a million to 10 million and take that and plop that into their $20 million platform because the $20 million firm isn't doing that kind of stuff. So it really depends upon the specialty of the firm. But I would say there is an opportunity for almost every CPA out there. Okay, now multiples are different. You know, these big firms got a 10 time multiple on EBITDA. Okay, you know, smaller firms that don't have HR, IT, finance, facilities, marketing, business development, you know, they're probably going to get somewhere between a four and a six or seven, sometimes an eight, but no more than that. And the really small firms, you know, maybe an initial transaction, they'll get something like one times gross revenue, but with rollover equity and opportunity for that to, you know, increase over a period of time. I will tell you, these new strategics and many of the private equities that we've been introducing to CPA from both clients and non-clients, the one thing that I could say is 99.9% of every meeting results in, please send me a non-disclosure agreement and I will give you some information so you could tell me what you would value my firm at. And then it just rolls from there. I mean, we are in unprecedented times, Don. I mean, it's truly, when I saw some of these offers, I read some of these letters of intent, my jaw dropped. Not a week goes by that we are not approached by a new strategic looking to come into this arena. Now, it might be, yeah, it's another private equity group. But what we've had the luxury of doing, because we've been involved in these transactions, We've like, I could easily educate a new private equity group and mimic any one of the transactions that these larger firms have put together. But what am I doing? I'm making it sweeter for the CPA, not a bite at the beginning and a bite at the end when everyone, you know, sees results. We're talking about a bite at the beginning and earn out maybe a, um, a um, distribution of uh, the profits uh, in the percentage of the rollover equity that the firm maintains. Now, even though a firm may roll over 40%, it doesn't mean private equity every year is distributing the 40% profits to their partners. They're retaining it all. And when, when is everyone going to see money? When there's a liquidity event at the end, there is a shift. In, in And it's such a big shift and it's happening right before everyone's eyes. And what I would tell you, you know, you don't have to run and, oh, let me talk to this guy, that guy, the other guy. By virtue of the fact that we see new entrants coming in, I, I mean, I have this bank that I'm talking to and mm -hmm. we're going to help them build their model. They're not going to be ready for another six months. 
You know, if we look at, you know, some of the old ones that started two years ago, they still got three years. A new one that starts today, they're going to go at least five or six years. And then we have these family offices and these publicly traded companies and these wealth management funds that are going to be long holders that make people say, okay, I don't have to worry that in five years, someone else is going to own us. It's business as usual. Mm -hmm. It's the management committee, the executive committee, the, the CEO or managing partner of the firm, their job will change. Obviously, they will have a new partner. Notice I didn't say a boss. They will have a new partner. Mm -hmm. But because the managing partner knows the business, they're going to have a partner that's going to listen. Doesn't mean they're going to say yes all the time. But, you know, I really believe, unlike you know, the early 90s or late 90s and early 2000s when we had American Express come in and, you know, um, H&R Block was rolling up firms. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think the new um, PE groups and other strategics, they have it right because they're not buying 100% and the partner group still has skin in the game and they're not going to sleep at the wheel. And it, to me, it's just been so exciting. Right. Well, I mean, we're definitely at the beginning of this phenomenon, uh, not the middle or the end, certainly. So we'll have to have you back um, for an update at some point in time. Thanks so much, Don. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great seeing you. You too. Thanks for listening and watching. NJCPA members have access to customized solutions from Whitman Transition Advisors for strategic focus and growth including mergers and acquisitions, talent acquisition, and practice management consulting. Learn more at njcpa.org benefits. And to learn more about alternative practice structures and financing, visit njcpa.org hub practices.